Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Season 2 Humanitarian Horizons, Christina D'Arcangelo Unveiled. And with me today, I have a very, very wonderful guest who's not only a colleague, that's how we originally met, and then we became friends. You may have remembered her from Season 1, Dolores Wolf. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Christina, for having me. This is a very important issue, and I'm honored to be part of it, too. Well, I am so glad that you agreed to join me and to talk about this very important issue, because not a lot of people want to talk about this. And so, guys and ladies, we are talking today about uh, the prison system and how recently some of you may have noticed that there have been escapes that have been occurring in multiple states throughout the United States, wherein people have escaped from prison and have been on the run. Recently, uh, we had a massive escape happen in August, at the end of August, his name was Danello Cavacante. And ironically, Cavacante was back in the court system today because they have filed multiple charges back against him because of his escape. He was out for 14 days running around in Chester County, Pennsylvania, which is a very affluent area of Pennsylvania, full of farmland, so it's easy to hide. And why we're talking about this topic is that there are a lot of things behind this topic that's very important that we think we should address. And granted, we can't hit everything today, so you know we'll have a follow-up discussion. Yeah. But one of the most important things are that I think we should talk about is how is this actually happening that these people are getting out of prison so easily? And the Cavacante case, and this is all over the media what's happened, they knew the prison, the new acting warden had received an email from a CO, a correctional officer, advising that there was a potential threat of Cavacante escaping. Also, Cavacante escaped the same way another prisoner had escaped in May. Right. Right. The Superman and or the Spider-Man running up outside. And- yes. Yeah. And that guy, ironically, they caught very quickly. Right. Yeah. It was like like a couple hours. Cavacante right. was out for 14 straight days. He stole a dairy van. He got a shotgun. He was four miles away when he was captured from my personal home, which was very upsetting because yeah. I have a small right. child. And now we're on, you know, lockdown because we are afraid that this person who has a shotgun who already murdered twice, one right. time in Brazil, came in right. illegally and then murdered again. Yep. Yeah, the interesting part, they broadcast the story and uh, but then the, there's no follow up. You know, no. there's no and there's no follow up on how he got out, why he, why it was so easy for him to scurry up there, you know, after someone else had already done it. Why wasn't it, why wasn't the problem uh, resolved? Why didn't they fix the uh, escape hatch? Yeah. Um, why you know, didn't the Chester County commissioners and the Chester County prison board not handle it then because yeah. it was a problem. And then it happened again. And prior to it happening, they knew that there was an issue because they right. were warned that there was going right. to be an issue. Right. Then later on, after all this happens with Cavacanti, then a correctional officer was bringing in drugs illegally. He lived in Philadelphia. He was bringing in drugs to Chester County Prison, and he was selling them selling to them. the inmates. Yeah. And the families of the inmates were cash apping this person. Yep. Yeah. What is going on? And then after all this happened, 
I reached out, me personally, I reached out to Chester County commissioners, our, our governmental officials, the head of the DOC multiple times, because we have a solution with spectral analytics, precision telemonitoring. Our telemonitoring system geofences and it also tracks so that, that way we know where people are. We built it initially for patients. These people are also patients. And then we have the biometrics ability so that we can track their biometrics, which is very important when you have inmates, I shouldn't call them inmates, incarcerated individuals who are in prison who have health issues. And wow. you have one or two doctors, a couple of nurses that have to tend to these people. And then we're seeing in the news that people are dying in their cells and they don't know what happened to them. Well, and I just sent you that um, article on the woman who now the nurse, the nurse and the um, medical assistant from the prison are on trial for murder because they accused her of faking the epileptic attacks and her reaction to what they had given her. And she died right there in front of her on in her cell. I mean, and that now you have two medical assistants who aren't in, in prison. They aren't prisoners and whatever. They were freed before, but now they came negligently, watched her die, and they're on trial now for murder. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be in prison as prisoners, not, mm -hmm. not as medical assistants, but they accused her at twice. And then when someone wanted to help another prisoner who knew how to help or wanted to assist, they said they absolutely would not let them and said, no, she's faking her symptoms because mm -hmm. she want, they thought they said she wanted to be taken to a hospital. And that wasn't it at all. No. And, and if, in fact, she, she would have been hooked up to SAPTM, right. we would have known, they would exactly. have known, meaning exactly. the, the prison staff would have known what was going on with the patients based on, because they're patients at the end of the day based right. on the biometric feedback that they're receiving. So this helps them tremendously, especially some of the incarcerated individuals that come in as a patient who have terminal illnesses like right. cancer or HIV, or what about the people who come in that are hooked on opiates and are going through withdrawal and they're not helping them go through withdrawal and they're dying in prison. Right. Right. Imagine yep. how the families feel. Of these I, was just getting ready, I was just getting ready to say that they, you know, the families have to live with the heartbreak and anguish and the trauma of knowing the surroundings that their family member died from because of negligence, because mm -hmm. they wouldn't help. They wouldn't help it. You know, it's it's like watching doctors stand around and look at someone who needs medical attention, mm -hmm. not doing anything. And, mm -hmm. you know, but the families have to live with that forever. And that's not fair to them. You know, no. that's not fair to the families at all. No, and I know no. Uh, it's a you know, it's 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 I kind mean, of equivalent to the social media influencers and child bullying. And yeah, you know, it's just in Congress yesterday. You know, yes, so yes. It, Facebook, yes. Desire, that's who's going to pass the bill to determine that these things have to be in place. You know, the monitors, you know, and the testing and so that the information and data is given to the people because the prison guards and the prison personnel, they're not equipped mm -mm. for that. They're not medical doctors. No, no, no. And so they, you know, they can't, uh, they need the training. They need the access to the information. If those two women had access to it, they'd know she wasn't faking. Exactly. Now, they, now they're up for murder. And, and then the, the woman's look, family. Look what happens. 
In right. Alabama, that article I shared with you where the guy died in the cell, he was almost ready to get out and he was killed. Uh, there was a disturbance. He was killed in his cell. Now, again, if they would have been monitoring them with the wearables, they would have known there were however many people in this person's cell. They shouldn't have been there, right? Number one, forget about the cameras. Nobody's watching the cameras. The, the prison system wants to add more cameras. Nobody's watching the cameras. They can't hire enough CEOs because right. they pay them $25 an hour. Exactly. Yes, you can drive a bus in the state of Pennsylvania for 25 bucks an hour. What do you think people would rather do? Drive a bus for 25 right. bucks an hour or do this for $25 an hour? Right. And you're making them do things to your point earlier about the medical aspect. They're not trained professionals. They're not physicians. They're not physician's assistants. They don't know what they're doing. They're not hired to do that. That's not their fault. But that guy who died in Alabama, when the family got the body so that they could do a proper burial, he was missing his heart. How did that happen? God. And there's been more than one case of people who've been in prison in Alabama who are missing their hearts. What are they doing in the prison system with the people's hearts, what are they doing with them? Are they doing research on them? Because you and I, we work in the research sector as well. And you right. can't do that without consent. True, true. You know, it's um, it's it's a travesty and it's a preventable travesty. We were just talking about that. I mean, this is a preventable catastrophic events with these tragic results. And they can be prevented before they even happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something that you, like I said, you could guard against because it was happening naturally, like a hurricane or a right. tsunami or something. But this is this is an attack on innocent victims. Mm -hmm. And they are innocent in that, that sector of their lives. They're mm -hmm. innocent victims. They need medical attention. They need help. I mean, even, even when you, we are together in a group somewhere and something happens and uh, you don't know what's wrong with the person, a friend or something, mm -hmm. their eyes roll back or whatever, whatever, or in a football game, I have many athletes in my network and, you know, they get hit and then they don't like the gentleman from the Buffalo Bills and his heart, you know, he stopped. He actually died on the field. They didn't know what to do. So it's the same type of thing. You've got these uh, personnel, prison personnel who, first of all, they have to be, I mean, they don't spend money on training them in, in their own job descriptions to the extent that they could handle all of this. So putting a person in prison and then forgetting about them and letting them just let things happen to them and let the, the people deal with it inside there. You know, I mean, they haven't updated the um, architectural infrastructure. They haven't given them I don't know prisons. Uh, somebody should take the Congress on on tours of the prisons because they're they're not the personnel's you know doesn't receive funding for training proper training that kind of training with that kind of information and these are people who are caretakers they're caretakers you know I mean they need to take not care. not to mention the proper training okay they need that right yeah. but they also need the training from working like not the training um the therapy. Yes. to help them because yes. they see very bad things. Okay. Right. People killing people in prison. I mean, how many times do we read about this in, in the news about people dying? I know firsthand from my brother being in prison, yeah. some of the stories that he told me and he was in state prison and it wasn't like he was in a county prison. He was in state prison. So it was really hard and they move him around and you have to figure out where he is. And that you don't know, by the way, when they move them because right. they don't want you to try and get them out. 
illegally, right. whatever. And then all of a sudden they're in the hole again when they move to a new prison, right. because who knows what they took from the other prison with them that they're not supposed to contraband. They're not supposed to, but right. my brother told me a lot of horrific things that he saw murders he saw in prison. It was horrible. And so the workers, you know, that are there working, they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to help these people the best they can for what they've been trained with. They go home at night or in the morning, whatever their shift is, and imagine what they are going through from a PTS standpoint, right? I mean, exactly. It's pretty extreme. Yeah. PTSD. And we, I was saying this before too, the behavioral monitoring is an asset. It's a preventable asset Mm -hmm. uh, to provide to this, the personnel, the in, in prison personnel and the prisons themselves, you know, and they have that as a a highlight, an asset to have that data, to have that tool, to have the, the behavioral monitoring information so that uh, even the guards don't, aren't timid about doing what they're, they think they should do because they don't know if it's right or wrong. This gives them guidance. It mm-hmm. gives them, like you said, training. It gives them the expertise to handle uh, and get, and the reputation of the prison is goes up from one star or no stars to 10 stars, you know? I mean, yeah, so- it, And the lawsuits that the arise. Lawsuits, exactly. The negligence the to publicity. your point, yeah. right? To the, to the two so ladies- the women. Right. The families just, you know, the family should sue, you know, all the things that have happened to these poor people who die in their cells or they've been murdered or whatever that sue. And they get millions, millions, and they settle out of court for millions. This can alleviate all of that. Right. Because if we're right, if we're monitoring them biometrically wise, so we know if there's heart rate issues, oxygen level issues, Mm -hmm. things of that nature, ECG, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. If we're doing that and then we turn on the MBOT, the emotional bot. So now we're helping their mental health. Right. Right. So they can, they have a buddy that they can talk to. Protective. That's protective of the prison guards and the people who will work there, you know, and then they will get more qualified people to want to work. They would want to be there. Environment. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, all the pluses and no minuses makes it kind of a no brainer. And it's, it's definitely a, a pu- you know, a public issue right now, it's got to be, you know, this is the year to actually bring it to the table and get it done and make it, a, you know, a highlighted national possibility for prisons to be able to provide this, you know, there are so many other people who are coming in and starting up their own home care and mm-hmm. um, hospice care and mm-hmm. things where, you know, care for seniors. And a lot of people can't afford it, but they are seniors. So, you know, that there some are very expensive. Some people have to go away on a, a trip or something, business, and they can't leave people even, you know. So when people are in prison, they have no rights to None. call somebody or pay for somebody to come in and care for them. You know That's what I'm correct. saying? That's correct. So when you take their rights right. away, then they can't care for themselves, then you have to be equipped to care for them. I mean, that's, that's, that's an excellent point. And I also, because we're getting near end of our time. Oh, I know. The last switch, I've been doing this all day (laughs) here, going over. Uh, (laughs) um, But it comes, it brings up a good point. And that is the call to action to our politicians who are running for office. 100 million percent. Yeah. Or are already in office and their term's not up yet. They yeah. need to do something about this. 
Yes. You know, I know for a fact in the state of Pennsylvania, I've contacted a lot of our politicians about this specific topic because of the fact that it impacted uh, me so personally and all the people in Chester County, which is where I grew up, you know, that we need them to action this. We need their support so that it's not a choice that the Department of right. Corrections, right. because they don't want to spend the money on this. There is no choice. It That's has true. to be remedied. These are human beings. These are not aliens. They're not animals. These are human beings. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred million percent. And like you said, I mean, it should be it should be part of the, the architectural process. It should be a part of the building process, the renovation process. Equipment is mm -hmm. sold to them, you know, and this is something that needs to be uh, um, require a requirement, you mm -hmm. know, to be in place to open a prison. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Just yeah. like other other shelters and things that mm -hmm. are required by law to have certain things for protection, mm -hmm. security, sanitation, things like that. And, uh, you know, and it does, it protects the personnel as well. So, you know, you can't throw someone in the hospital and then not give them a nurse's call button. That's right. Like, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's lunacy. It is. Well, Thank you so much, Dolores, for coming on today. We will, no problem. And we will definitely be talking about this more and more um, as we embark in this journey of trying to create awareness surrounding this very, very, very important topic. Um, because we need to talk about it. And, and for the longest time, I couldn't talk about a lot of things because my brother was still alive and I didn't want to embarrass him. Right. Um, and now that he has passed away and my mom has passed away, I and my father has already passed away. So I can start talking about these things to try and help people and right. come from a place of of head and heart. You yes. know, it's not about us making money at SAPTM. We're not right. shooting this podcast because we want to make millions and millions. Right. That is not why we're doing this. It doesn't cost millions and millions and millions of dollars to do to subscribe to our telemonitoring anyway. No. Um, You're saving lives. You're saving lives. We are all saving lives. lives. Not just, you know, I'm all lives. Everybody. Like people the working there. Everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're just, uh, you're not just talking, you're acting, you're, you're, you know, putting your life energy into it. And that's what's going to make the difference. It's got to, it's, it's the difference. So I, I agree and with I, you. Please, you know me, I'm ready and available anytime, 24 seven, tap into my resources and tap into my brain. Even that's if I right to tell you, you just spark it. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dolores, for being on today. Well, thanks for having me. My, it was my absolute pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for joining us and listening to these very important topics that we're bringing up on our new series of Humanitarian Horizons. See you later for now. <laughs>